0: Welcome everyone. This is the Natural Health Rising podcast, where you're gonna hear conversations with health experts and solo episodes about all things natural and holistic health to provide you with the knowledge and tools you need in order to help you rise to your healthiest, happiest self. I'm your host, Rachel Smith, and I am a certified functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Jennifer Marlowe. Jennifer Marlowe has worked in marketing, product development and sales in the beauty and cosmetics world for over 17 years. And she's launched over 200 plus beauty products in her career. She has shifted her approach to what beauty is for women and is passionate about helping brands bring cleaner, safer skincare, beauty and wellness products to the market. She's worked with brands like Beauty Counter, Murad, Algenis and many others. So Jennifer is an alchemist and her passion lies in creating custom blended personal care products and daily healthcare protocols using essential oils and plant-based ingredients. During the pandemic, she launched her own business, a Jennifer Gwen Conscious Lifestyle. Jennifer is passionate passionate about giving, um, guiding others to live a conscious lifestyle with a focus on stress reduction, women's health, hormonal balancing, endometriosis, digestive conditions, anxiety, insomnia, and more. And she uses lifestyle modifications and food as medicine. So welcome, Jennifer. Hi, it's great to be here. Yeah, I'm excited for our chat today. Yeah. Um, So to start off, I would love to have you tell us about your wellness journey.
1: Yeah, so basically, uh, my wellness journey, I would say, started when I found my um, yoga studio in Santa Monica about 10 years ago. I began practicing yoga more as a spiritual practice and I had been going through um, my entire life really just struggling with women's issues and I really wanted to get my life on track. so I began practicing yoga and from there I also became a yoga teacher part-time and um, that's really how I discovered more of how I really wanted to shift what beauty is for a woman. I had already been working in the beauty industry for about eight years. And once I discovered more of my spiritual path of yoga, it really brought me into feeling more into my body. So that's sort of where it started.
0: Okay. So take us back a little bit then to what was the health struggle and what were the like, women issues that you were dealing with?
1: yeah um when I was about sixteen years old, when I first started my menstrual cycle um, for the first time, I had immediately began having really um challenging periods. I had really bad cramps, mm-hmm. and um, I had fainting and blackout spells and was feeling nauseous and had vomiting um, every month with my cycle and My mother didn 't really know what was going on, so she immediately brought me to the gynecologist and after discussing all of the symptoms, of course, before I even became sexually active, the gynecologist put me on the birth control pill. So I had been on the birth control pill from age 16 throughout my entire life off and on. And um, I had tried to take myself off of it. I had gone on, I don't know, maybe 10 or more different types of birth control and just putting all of those hormones and chemicals into my body and disrupting my cycle over the years, the problems kept persisting. And anytime I tried to go off the birth control pill, I would always have these episodes again. So severe cramps, blackouts, fainting spells, which um, one time in my 20s, I actually had a pretty bad episode where I had cysts in my ovaries that I didn't know about. I just thought it was bad cramps. And I actually got rushed to the emergency room because I learned that they were the size of a grapefruit and they ruptured and I actually passed out. And from that, I knew that there was something that more that needed to be done and that I couldn't just keep um, disrupting my monthly cycle with birth control pills anymore. So like I mentioned around, um, I would say about, Um, 10 years ago now, I went off the birth control pill finally, after all of those years of being on it. And I decided to take a different approach to, to my cycle and I found essential oils and really just found that clearing my body of those chemicals, I began to really feel more. So feeling all of the different phases and learning about all the different phases of my cycle and beginning to use essential oils. Um, to help to alleviate any of the symptoms, um, whether they be physical or emotional symptoms. And obviously incorporating that with yoga and meditation and doing specific yoga poses and taking um, a more holistic approach across the entire my entire lifestyle, completely shifting my lifestyle, I was able to really begin to alleviate all of those horrific symptoms that i was having like the blackouts the fainting nausea vomiting and all mm-hmm. of that i suffered from you know repeated visits to the gynecologist and i had um you know cysts and um fibroids constantly showing up in um in any um exams that i would have And they just continued to say that the only answer was birth control pills and i just was no longer accepting that Mm -hmm. so wow
0: so much to unpack here so let's actually go back to talking about when you were so you're 16 years old and they put you on birth control pills let's just talk about how this is way too common of a scenario and even now even though now we know how bad birth control is for the body, how it um, disrupts hormones and all that, and doctors are still prescribing birth control and even prescribing it for simple things like acne. I just think that is insane. And And what were the reasons for going to, like trying 10 different birth control pills? You just, the symptoms kept popping up or what was going on there?
1: Well, I definitely did have the hormonal acne throughout my life. That's another reason why I ended up in the beauty industry, because I wanted to unlock the code to having beautiful skin, right? And they continued to put me on you know, other skin topical treatments in addition to the birth control. But I think they continued to change my birth control as newer ones came out, maybe with less hormones, and they were saying that maybe it would be better. I had really excessive mood swings also. I was feeling um very unbalanced throughout my entire cycle like one week to the next and having horrific pms which we know now doesn't have to be a thing right so feeling very emotional very angry frustrated crying all of these things just seemed to be what i thought were normal and would go back to the gynecologist asking them for solutions and well Maybe another pill would be better for you. And that was always the answer. And I think that I must have been on at least 10 different ones throughout my life.
0: Mm -hmm. What was the breaking point that, what was the point where you got to where you said no more,
1: no more pills? Um, I think that it was about when I was 39, which was now almost 10 years ago. Um, I knew that I was reaching a point where there was an opportunity for me one last time to explore having children, and I thought that just going off of them and clearing out my system, and like I said, I had just started really deepening my yoga practice and begun using essential oils, and I said I'm going to take this chance and and try to see if I can take control of this myself. Mm-hmm. And I wish that I had discovered it earlier, and that's why I'm here today to be able to share that with so many women, but. Um, the moment that I did take that step, it was just a few months later that everything did start to slowly improve. Once I was able to continue to detox my body from all of the hormones.
0: Right. Wow. I love that you had the courage to, to stop the pills and and actually take that jump and try it. I think that's what so many people are scared of is, um, you know, they listen to the doctors and our whole world is built upon MDs and DOs and prescriptions and, and they just want to listen to them. And I think there's a lot of fear around trying something different and having the courage to uh, look for alternative care.
1: Yeah, I think one of the things that was um, the breaking point for me too, is that I knew that I had symptoms of endometriosis. So it wasn't until much later that I actually myself self diagnosed myself pretty much with endometriosis, because we also know that gynecologists and doctors um, misdiagnose this, right. And they'll call it PMS or bad periods and continue to, to dole out those um, birth control pills. And there's an entire, um, women's movement and community of women who struggle from endo, who um, it's called misdiagnosed actually, because millions of women get misdiagnosed year after year after year. And for me, once I saw that a lot of my symptoms were aligning with, with what endometriosis is described as, that's when I knew that the birth control pill was just going to continue to cover it up. And mm-hmm. if I ever went off of it, like I said, the symptoms were horrifically worse. So it was sort of delaying the inevitable and it did take a lot of courage. And I was very afraid to finally go off of the birth control pill forever.
0: Mm-hmm. And we had a conversation a couple weeks ago, and I believe you told me that you also didn't have a period for a little bit and a story with an acupuncturist. Well, tell me a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, so I did find acupuncture in about 2011. And I found one that I used for about seven years, actually, and my periods were um, still pretty severe. And I could feel like I said, once I started to feel into my body, I could feel when I was having these cysts and fibroids, And I would have very irregular periods, very heavy periods. They were just really all over the place. And this is after I went off the pill. But once I started with acupuncture and um, specific blends of Chinese herbs, it really, um, things started to move. So it just helps to move the stagnant blood and the stagnant energy and everything um, got so much better. And another way that I know that that treatment is working is because I actually was without an acupuncturist for about six months and things started to get a little, um, had had a lot of discomfort again. So I know that these, I know that these rituals work and I know that Mm -hmm. these healers and these different modalities work. So, and things are getting so much better again already for me, but moving to Arizona recently and I couldn't find a good acupuncturist. And now that I have one again, it's been about three months and things are sort of back on track.
0: That's awesome. Um, And I also, I shared this with you too before, but then you also said something else today that we have some very similar stories. So when I was 19 or 18, I also uh, didn't know I had cysts and I also had one burst and it was the most painful experience of my life. And I was rushed to the hospital And they're like yeah you had a a ovarian cyst burst in you and i was like what is that (laughs) um yeah so also went through that experience and then i lost my period for a couple years completely nothing in my early 20s and then same thing found an acupuncturist put me on some chinese herbs did acupuncture on me and all of a sudden i got my period back and of course that's just one small part of the picture but Um, It's obviously a common story on how this all happens.
1: Yeah, and some of the other things that I was doing um, alongside of the acupuncture, obviously we talked about um, essential oils. Um, Part of what I do with um, Jennifer Gwen Conscious Lifestyle is I... um, I also consult specifically on essential oils and helping women with specific conditions um, like mine. And I use blend of um, clary sage and frankincense and other specific oils that they put in a blend called clary calm. And mm-hmm. they also have um, an entire line of women's supplements, one of which is the phytoestrogen complex, mm-hmm. which really helps to flush out that estrogen. So I'm not an expert on that. I know you are, but those two key elements, adding the essential oils, along with the acupuncture and Chinese herbs. And then there are actually specific yoga poses that can alleviate, you know, cramps, alleviate the emotional piece to um, PMS and around our cycle, and really helping to get things moving. So that's really in combination, all of those things together, what I help women with too, who don't really know where to begin with all of this and maybe coming off of the pill
0: right and so those blends do um is it one blend that you use every day and then where do you put it on your body
1: Yeah, so they have this one that I have here. Actually, it's a roll on called Mm -hmm. Clary Calm and other um, essential oil companies also have similar blends. But this one has primarily lavender, frankincense and um, Clary Sage. Mm -hmm. And this one's in a roller and I will roll it for me. It's always been on my left side on my where my ovaries are on the left side. That's where my trauma point has always been. So most um, days I'll wake up in the morning and when I come out of the shower, I'll just roll it over that area topically. Okay. So. And what is the brand? This, um, this brand is doTERRA.
0: Okay, doTERRA. Yeah, that's a really good one. And, and the, so what are the yoga poses?
1: Yeah, a lot of the yoga poses that I do. Um, there's an entire method of yoga, obviously called restorative yoga. So mm. using bolsters and blocks and Meaning that every time during the month, you don't have to be in this, um, you know, rigorous flow class or vinyasa flow class. You can do more restorative and yin poses using the support of bolsters and blocks, Um, bridge pose, supported bridge, Mm -hmm. and um, child's pose supported with a block going diagonally lying down. Um, Obviously, gentle twisting poses are helpful using a bolster for support. So anything that really helps you to feel supported is great to alleviate cramps and to alleviate um, the inflammation that's inside of us during that time of the month too.
0: Okay. So you teach women these poses structured more around when they're having their menstrual cycle or when they're having their period.
1: Um, usually we are always seeking that type of comfort, especially going into our period, if we start to feel cramps, or we start to just feel for me personally, I start to feel really heavy, you know, Mm -hmm. like, it's definitely like a heaviness there. And we just want to be able to still keep things moving. But something that's a little bit more gentle. Okay, so yeah.
0: And, um, and we'll come, I want to come back to your business. But I would love to hear so you kind of you kind of told us a little bit that it had something to do with hormonal acne, but what, how did you get started in the beauty care industry? What was that story like?
1: Yeah. So after graduate school, I studied in Paris and did an internship with L'Oreal, and I began studying, working in personal care products, and I ended up in Los Angeles. And at that time, the beauty industry was just getting started in L.A., So I actually worked for a company that makes nail polish and spa products. And I helped to launch the first um, line of vegan nail care and body care products. So I learned a lot about all of the ingredients in nail polish. And at that time, they were just starting to remove all of the more harmful chemicals in nail polish, like formaldehyde and toluene and dibutyl phthalate. So that's when I really started my clean beauty journey. But again, also definitely with the fluctuations in hormonal cycle, I was always more interested in skincare. So throughout my career, I've worked more recently making skincare products and working with um, brands like Beauty Counter and some of those brands that are leading the clean beauty movement. And that's really what's shifted for me is being passionate in helping women feel good inside and out. So we know that we all love to use beauty products on our skin but that there are more safer and cleaner ingredients out there. So
0: let's, and let's talk about that. Like, why is it so important that we put clean beauty products on our skin and what does that even mean for us?
1: Yeah, so basically, you know, you and I've talked a lot about food as medicine, but we also know that what we put onto our skin actually gets absorbed right into our bloodstream because the skin is the largest organ in the body. And even though they are cosmetic products, we know that they can't make any claims of structure or function of changing anything about our skin. If it's a cosmetic, um, it's different for an over-the-counter or a sunscreen. But for a cosmetic skincare product, we know that putting it onto our skin, it's laying on top of our skin, our largest organ all day. So in that sense, when you know it's going to be absorbed into your bloodstream, you want to know exactly what's in your products. So just like with food, I began reading more of the labels, encouraging people to read the labels, and also making more conscious choices for what companies I work with. Um, the company that I work with now is a manufacturer. So I've been really getting to know more and more of how to make a skincare product from the beginning and the formulas that are in um, the, all the ingredients that are in the formulas.
0: Okay. And what are the standards in cosmetics right now? Or, or maybe more importantly, the lack of standards?
1: Yeah, so it's interesting. It's so funny. So the United States is, um, is a little bit behind, I would say. And I'll tell you why. is because we haven't had any cosmetic regulations um, from the government since 1938. So we have here about maybe 30 ingredients that are banned for use in cosmetic products. And we know that there used to be like lead and lipstick and things like that. And all of that's been um, banned now, but obviously we still have quite a long way to go. And for example, in the EU, where my company is based um, in France, there's actually over 1500 ingredients that are banned for use in skincare products. So mm-hmm. automatically formulating to those EU guidelines. And there's um, something called ISO standards that you can formulate too. And that means that you automatically have to keep all of these harmful ingredients out of your formulations.
0: Yeah, that fact that no regulations since 1938 just blows my mind. <laughs> um, yeah. Wow. And so I, I do also want to like further explain Why does it matter that the chemicals are soaking into our skin? I feel like some people might have a hard time grasping that concept. Like, what does that do to your body? Um, And basically, like, you have hormones, and I always like to think of them as like a key. um, And then you have a lock in your body, which is a receptor, and it goes in and it fits in that specific uh, part of your body. And that's essentially how a lot of hormones work. And so some of these chemicals that are in these beauty products um, literally are almost identical in the molecular structure of some of our hormones. So they go on our skin, they get absorbed. And then what happens is they go and they fit in that same receptor, therefore blocking or mimicking a hormone or, um, you know, it can affect estrogen, thyroid hormones. And, and that's not even, that's just like a small portion of what they do. They can also you know, these chemicals can also build up in the liver and the liver is our major detoxification organ. It helps break down our hormones. Um, so, you know, if you have chemicals that are overloading your liver, your liver is going to be clogged up. It's going to disrupt your hormones um, even further. So that's just like a really quick snapshot. And it doesn't take much for a, a much of these chemicals to go into the body. And like you said, the skin is the largest organ in the body. And if you think about how many hundreds of chemicals you put on your skin every day. Okay. So you you put it on every day, but think about that over time. Think about Mm -hmm. the buildup of those things and how, yeah, in the short term, you might have some symptoms like headaches and rashes if you're having an immediate reaction. But if you don't notice that stuff, you keep using a product that's uh, quote unquote toxic, then you might eventually start noticing autoimmune symptoms and you know, other chronic illnesses that can go hand in hand with this overload of a toxic burden on the body. With all that being said, how will someone know whether or not they should use a product and that if it's safe?
1: Yeah, and that's a good question. And there's a lot of confusion out there right now. And we know that there are some brands that are leading the efforts um, with the government and the Senate and going to advocate for these more these standards to be updated. Um, what we have now is a clean beauty movement. So there isn't any one standard. So it gets really confusing for us to be shopping, but there are all, obviously all of the main retailers like Sephora and Ulta have clean at Sephora, conscious beauty at Ulta, where they are um, elevating all of the brands to more higher and rigorous standards that are more in line with the EU standards or even higher than that, for example. So that's one good thing. And this is really a movement. So it's allowing um, the brands to step up and clean up their formulas and develop to these new standards. Um, For example, Whole Foods obviously is a really great um, retailer to choose because you can go in there and know that all of the products that they sell um, in their beauty um, section and their personal care section are up to a certain standard. So But with the Clean at Sephora, for example, they follow a specific standard that is more in line with the EU guidelines and removing a lot of those harmful chemicals. Um, The one thing that I definitely know is that what, um, you know, it's important for me to know like what I'm putting into my body and onto my skin. So I really like to read the labels. But for someone that, you know, maybe doesn't have that same type of knowledge, I think these labels. Um, like Clean Etaphora or Ulta Conscious Beauty, or we talked before about the EWG, the Environmental Working Group, um, brands can now get their finished products um, certified by EWG, um, rated by EWG. So there would be a seal. So brands can have specific seals on their products to help people choose something that is safer and cleaner for their skin and for their body.
0: Okay. Yeah, that's really good to know. Um, same thing. It's like I know what to look at sometimes on labels, but most women don't. Um, and sorry to even say just women, everyone who uses skincare products um, or yeah. whatever you're putting on your body. And I love that Sephora and Ulta are stepping into that light too, because years and years ago, I loved Ulta and I actually stopped shopping there and started, once I got into this and started doing my own research and shopping online. So I actually didn't know that they, Uh, stepped up their game like that. So that's nice to hear. Yeah. And so the EWG is awesome. One app that I love is called Think Dirty, which is kind of similar to the EWG. You can see a lot about ingredients and they have ratings and everything too. So that's just another uh, resource.
1: Yeah, I love that. And I think those types of apps are definitely really useful um, for consumers because again, it does get a little bit confusing out there. And even I'm not you know, I'm not a chemist myself, but I think just over the years, I've definitely learned to always look at the labels. And if something doesn't, if something um, is a little bit confusing for me and it doesn't look familiar, like some, if it sounds like a strange chemical, at least I will go, you can go to the EWG and look up the specific ingredients as well. And the EWG will rate the ingredients like a one is is safer versus if it gets up higher beyond like, you know three or something like that then maybe it starts to be a little bit unsafe Mm -hmm. so
0: yeah that's good to know um and so let's jump back to your your other business that you're working on right now so your conscious lifestyle business so we talked a little bit about um the essential oils and everything the yoga poses but what does it mean really to help someone live a conscious lifestyle
1: yeah, I think that after I spent a year or more studying to be a yoga teacher and started really integrating all of these different modalities that I mentioned into my healing journey, I knew that, you know, I was encountering people that just didn't really know where to begin. So where just starting them on a ritual and a regimen every day of things, little, just small, subtle changes over time that they can start. So maybe beginning with meditation in the morning, incorporating the hot lemon water that I do every morning along with my meditation, maybe some breathing exercises and then some specific gentle yoga poses just to get started with movement in the morning. Um, Going more into if they have more serious conditions, then I would obviously guide them to practitioners like yourself and to others that I've used over the years that have helped me in my journey Because aside from the Western doctors, I think that a lot of people just don't know where to begin and they don't know that these modalities are even out there or that acupuncture could help to alleviate, you know, symptoms of endometriosis or women's issues or hormonal um, imbalances. People think of, you know, they have a certain thing in mind that they'll go for. And it really, there's, it goes so much beyond that, so much deeper than that. So Leading a conscious lifestyle, I think, is just making small, subtle changes over time and getting onto a regimen that feels really good for somebody.
0: That's amazing. I love that. What type of meditation do you do or what are types that you recommend to people? Because there's so many different categories of meditating.
1: Yeah, I think that it's, um, I talk to a lot of people who say that they don't know how to meditate um, and things like that, or they're not good at it. And I think that that's why they call it all all a practice, right? So um, I specifically have trained with um, the Vipassana style of meditation. And what that means is insight. So the Vipassana style is what the Buddha used to become enlightened. And it is really just to be able to be the observer of our mind. So, there isn't really anywhere to get to, and there isn't any way to necessarily um, become good at it. It's more just to over time build up that mental muscle and sit with our own thoughts. And it's not about not having thoughts, it's more just to be able to calm the mind and observe them in a non judgmental way. So that's pretty much um, the technique that I use. But I've also learned um, mantra meditation, repeating Sanskrit mantras that you use throughout yoga and meditation practices. So using a mala, um, the string of beads with 108 beads on it, using the mala to recite a specific me- um, mantra is also helpful because it helps us to get out of our mind. And then more recently, the breath work. So. Um, I've taken some classes in the Wim Hof style of breath work, and that's more um, the breath work through the mouth. So I think that just there's a lot of different types of breathing and meditation out there that could be useful. And it really just depends on what's right for each individual person. So I've tried so many different things. And in the morning, I have a specific ritual and working with a client, I'll just help them and guide them to what's best for them. I
0: I think it's good for someone to try multiple meditation types, and because there are so many, and just seeing what works for them, I think that's definitely the way to go. Are you in? Are you taking classes to teach Wim Hof,
1: or just like you just take it for yourself? I was thinking of taking the, the training, but I didn't. I haven't signed up for that so far. Right now, I did just take the um, the level one workshop or Mm -hmm. just the three hour workshop, because I know that we met at our um, human optimization center. And you saw me the first time I got in the ice bath there was really challenging. And that's when the breath work becomes so powerful, because we learn that everything, um, you know, overcoming pain in our body is really just a construct of the mind. Mm -hmm. So when I met you, I was having a lot of trouble getting into the ice bath um but once i was able to really learn that technique of breath work and breathing specific technique through the mouth i was able to submerge into the ice bath so much more um, easily and knowing that it's really just about controlling the mind
0: so Mm -hmm. absolutely yeah controlling the mind letting go relaxing into it yeah i love wim Hof.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Are you taking, are you going to go the full, the full certification for it to be a Wim Hof instructor?
0: I have actually been considering adding on some breath work certifications that's um, in the potential plans. Yeah, but not, not oh, at the moment. Good.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking of taking it again, um, the workshop with the breathing, but I do use the Wim Hof app. And um, there's great videos on YouTube as well. And then sometimes in our community, obviously taking those workshops is really great as well. But I think that even more so than the meditation lately, I think that getting to an even um, a stronger place with the practice is the breath work because the meditation, it is challenging just to sit there and observe your thoughts. So sometimes when you're actually focusing maybe on a mantra or on the breath, Mm-hmm. It's easier to sort of elevate out of all of your thoughts a little bit. Um, and it definitely, I feel like, is more um, effective.
0: Yeah, I think so. Okay, so you help people structure their mornings and have them live this more conscious lifestyle. And so, what does your morning ritual look like?
1: Yeah, in the morning when I wake up, I do my best to try not to look at my phone. Um, Usually for the first hour, I try my best to immediately go right into my meditation with my lemon water, which is really great for detoxification. And um, I think that way, just not starting your day with the news or reading your emails, I think it just allows you that time to sort of ease into your day in a more peaceful place. And um so I'll sit in my meditation and do some breath work maybe for about 15 or 20 minutes and then I will do some movement um some just gentle yoga poses and after the breath work I will take a cold shower. So here in Arizona my shower doesn't get so cold, but so that hasn't been effective so much <laughs> lately, which is why I joined Optimize. Um But I do like to get into the cold plunge, but I think that um, getting into the cold or having cold exposure in the morning is really great to sort of wake you up. So I'll do all of that before I have my morning coffee. So that could be anywhere from, it could be starting at 15 minutes to 30 minutes to an hour. I think um, having an hour without looking at your, your devices is something that's really been beneficial for me throughout the day.
0: Yeah, I agree. I do I don't do the same thing you do, but similar at least with um my phone goes on airplane mode at night at least an hour before I go to sleep. That way I can read, don't have to worry about anything. I could do my nighttime ritual and then in the morning, same thing. Um, because you don't want to start your day off looking at your phone, you're like, Oh my god, I have text messages, oh my gosh, that's Instagram, oh my gosh, my boss texted me, like all this stress, right? Like immediately to the body and you need to take care of yourself so that you're able to fulfill um, everything you need to do for the rest of the day and, and help others as well. So I think that's really important to take that morning time. And also, I'm, I'm curious, when someone works with you, um, is, it, is it like a program length or is it uh, by session? How does that work?
1: So there's two different ways to work with me is one is we can just work strictly on the essential oils. So coaching and coming up with um, specific blends. So I also make custom blends here depending on the person's um, things that they would like to achieve or maybe they have certain ailments. I'll create customized blends Um, so that way we could work just with the essential oils with doTERRA and get them onto a regimen and a monthly plan for their oils that would work for them. And the other way is that they could do the women's wellness coaching, which what I offer right now. So I could do um, usually what I do with women is have coaching like one session per week for an hour and we'll create like action plans and we'll ease into creating that ritual for them and accountability. So also being that accountability partner for them and -hmm. establishing what feels good for them. So the different types of yoga that could work for them. I do private yoga classes as well, and helping them to guide them so that what works best for them. Okay. And I can also do um, retreats like weekend retreats and just something that's more intensive if a woman is looking just to jumpstart their regimen. So if they don't want ongoing help, they want something that's immediate and faster And more effective to start off with maybe spending a weekend together, um, incorporating all of the different things that I offer, and that I guide and I've done uh, weekends with hiking and meditation and yoga, and things like that.
0: Okay, so this is all done in person or do you ever work with people online?
1: Yeah, I do. Most of the time I've been doing it online so far just because of the situation that we're in, but I'm going to be reopening my weekend retreats and hopefully having more in-person clients as well.
0: Yeah, that, that'll be nice to have that um, in-person real connection again instead of just Zoom calls, but also really awesome because you can probably work with women all over the world, right?
1: Yeah, and I generally have worked mostly with clients that I knew in LA, but then everyone was moving everywhere. And then also during um, last year, I broke my foot. So I was definitely staying home even more so. So that was something that really inspired me to be able to help others because I felt sort of helpless at that point. So but um, healed my foot really quickly with essential oils also and all these different modalities of, um, that we both know together with the cold, the cold mm-hmm. exposure and the red light therapy and the pulsed elect- electromagnetic frequency and all of these different um, modalities that we can use to heal ourselves. Mm-hmm. So all of those things I absolutely love um, to help and share with others the healing that I've had and um, feeling good in our bodies. Yeah. Well, thank you so
0: much for chatting with me. I loved hearing your story, more of your story. I love what you're doing. I definitely think that women need this in their lives. Like they need to understand how to really take care of themselves better. Um, They need to understand that PMS symptoms and all of these other women issues and All these other health issues that we're struggling with don't have to be forever and that there's other ways to approach them. Um, But so if you could leave our listeners with one action that they could take this week to help them live a healthier, happier life, what would you tell them?
1: I think that definitely just taking time for your self-care and nourishing yourself every day and just starting small if it's even just five minutes of something that you're going to start every day. And prioritizing yourself because I truly believe that we have to nourish ourselves first and keep our cup full. So, if I can encourage everyone to just say, like, what is one thing that they're going to start with, even for five minutes this week? And it could be the sun gazing, or it could be five minutes of meditation, or maybe just even for five minutes when they wake up in the morning to not look at their phone. Or even just asking their partner or their family, like, I need this X amount of moments for myself. And I think that's one thing that I would leave everyone with today.
0: I love that. Yeah, I think that's important to also communicate, hey, I'm doing this thing and I'm working on this. And um, that way you have some support there. Like a support system is always super important when you want to make changes. And yeah, just five minutes and then over time, just slowly build it up. All right. Yeah. So thanks for talking today. Um, I want you to tell everyone where they could reach out to you, where they could find you if they have questions or just want to learn more about you.
1: Yeah, my website is jennifergwen.com. I'm also on Instagram, jennifer underscore Gwen. And on my website, there's all of my contact information. You can sign up to get free um, tips on right now. I'm offering free tips on how to get better sleep. And I know that everyone needs that right now and having trouble sleeping. So that's pretty much the best way to contact me is through my website.
0: All right, Jennifer, well, have a good day. It was nice chatting with you.
1: Thank you. Thanks, Rachel. It's been a pleasure. Bye. Okay. What a great
0: conversation with Jennifer Marlowe. Talking about environmental toxins and clean beauty is actually one of my favorite topics. So I'm glad that this was episode number one. You can find Jennifer's information and links to some of the clean beauty websites we talked about in the show notes. And I challenge you to take a tip from what you learned from the show and implement it into your life. And if you find benefit in it, go ahead and send me a message on Instagram at naturalhealthrising to share with me what worked for you. I really do love to hear from my followers. And if you enjoyed this episode, please leave a comment, rating, or share it with a friend who needs to hear this information. Thanks for listening and keep striving to become your healthiest, happiest self.